flesh gets the better of me. And when it does, I can find fault in situations. I can find fault in the waiter who served me at the restaurant. I can find fault in my children. I can find fault in my job. I can find fault with my church. I can find fault. And what often happens is the person I find the most fault in is often myself. The one person that I know the best, the one person that I can critique the most, oftentimes is myself. You see, I know that in life, we're going to have people that aren't for us, that are against us. We're going to have, quote unquote, enemies in our lives. And this morning, I'm here to tell you that there are enemies out there that do mean to do you harm. But the greatest enemy, the greatest thing that is against you, many would say, oh, it's the devil, it's the adversary. You need to have the the armor of God. You need to have have Ephesians uh, 5 and 6. You just need to know it. You just need to be ready for it. And that's all well and good and true. But the greatest enemy is not necessarily the enemy that's out there as much as the one in here. You see, my struggles and my problems aren't always what happens out there. It's what's inside. It's scary to think that what is inside of me. And maybe sometimes you're kind of scared of what's inside of you. That there could be a reaction. There could be something that happens and you react in a certain way. And you're like, oh, my, I didn't know I felt like that. I didn't know I had to stop myself from saying that. I didn't know I had to stop from doing that. Because there is an enemy within us. I could say it like this. There's a traitor in the trenches. You see, at times I feel like there's something coming after me. And now it's fall and I enjoy the fall season. I don't know about you, but there's so many good things about fall. I especially enjoy wearing a good sweater. There's just something about a nice sweater. It just makes everybody look better. If you don't think you look good, put on a sweater. I'll tell you, you will look good. You say, why? Because sweaters are tight. They're a little bit form-fitting. So it takes the little side things here, and it just kind of squeezes them in a little bit. And all of a sudden, the sweaters, you just, you just, men, we just look a little bit more muscular in a sweater. You just look good in a sweater. And I love sweater weathers. I love handkerchiefs. And man, I love football. And I love the seasons changing. And I just love everything about fall. I love that there is candy in abundance. It's great. This is where dentists stay in business, you know. And so they're excited about the fall. There's so many good things to fall. And yes, there's even pumpkin spice lattes. And I don't care what you tell me. I don't know. I don't care how bad it is for me it just tastes really good i don't care if it's diabetes in a cup it's all right i'm gonna enjoy it okay but there's so many good things about fall but there's one thing about fall i do not like okay and it has to do with all of this scary stuff you say why is it because you're against it you're against all these ghouls and goblins and ghosts (laughs) no it's because i don't like to be scared and i am easily scared it doesn't take much to scare me it really does not it doesn't I mean, the original Wizard of Oz, I saw that, had nightmares for three days. It was just, it just, it was terrifying, okay? Uh, there was a, a, an old movie called Harry and the Hendersons, you know, about the Sasquatch or Bigfoot. And that movie gave me nightmares, okay? It just doesn't take much, all right? I mean, it's just, I can get nightmares. I'm easily scared. So when people go to Great America for the Halloween hunt, I don't go. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. Pay somebody to jump out and scare me? No, thank you. I like my heart and lungs inside my body. I don't want to scream and let them come out that's not my idea of fun at all but how many of you you're the exact opposite you love to be scared 
Oh, not as many as there were in the first service. The first service, like, everybody was like, yes. And I was like, all right, okay, this is not my crowd, all right. You know, but this is apparently my crowd. We don't like to be scared. You don't like somebody hiding in some closet and jumping out at you. You don't want somebody under your bed jumping out. You're the person that you're like, yes, I will have a loaded 45 if you try to scare me, okay? It just it will be your fault. You, you scared me, so you get what you get, all right? But I don't like to be scared. And I've uh, been to a couple of haunted houses against my better judgment. And once was enough. Forever indulged on my, impressed on my brain that I don't need to do that again. But when I got married in 2009, I decided to take all my groomsmen to Universal Studios. And at the time, they had a haunted maze or haunted house. And all of them wanted to do it. Now, I'm what you call a chicken. And so I don't do the haunted mazes, haunted houses at all. I'm the dude who's going to hold the bags, the backpacks, the purses if we're in a mixed group. And I'm going to eat a churro while you go get scared. Okay? That's me. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with getting called a chicken because I'm eating a churro. And churros just make life a little bit better, all right? And uh, so I'm sitting there, I'm waiting, and I had a large wedding party. There's about seven groomsmen there, including myself. So we kind of had a a big uh, wedding party. And so all the guys go in, and they're having a good time when I'm waiting at the exit where they're supposed to come out, but then out of my corner of my eye, I see one of my groomsmen come flying out of one of the exits that's reserved in case there's a fire or a gunshot or a real emergency, okay? He comes flying out, and security's flying after him. I'm like, what just happened? And apparently, he got so scared inside the haunted maze of the haunted house, he started running through walls, and now the little monsters and goblins, they're not trying to scare him. They're just trying to get him to stop. They're just trying to catch him. And he's just going through walls, going through stuff, knocking stuff. He punches one of the actors because he got so scared. He just punched them. And uh, then he finds some emergency exit, and he trips the alarm. He, he almost got kicked out of the park. And so this is why... I don't do scary stuff. Now, some of you, you love Halloween, and, and you're evil. You will sit on your porch, and you will scare all the cute little kids, and there's just something demented and evil inside of your heart, and you need to repent of that. You're in church. Confess it. Give it up to God, and we'll pray for your soul. And uh, so I'm just not big on being scared, but I've noticed something about my own heart. Here's what I've noticed about my heart. I've noticed that I can leave a situation that was difficult, that was painful and frustrating, and even though I've left the situation, I still feel the situation. I'll get real with you. I can get an argument with my wife, and three days later, if it hasn't been dealt with, I can still be over here. Even though the argument is over, I can still feel it. I could say something inappropriate or wrong to somebody, and later on, I could still feel it. There are some things that have happened in my life where people have done terrible and wrong things to me, and even though it has been years since the event, something can trigger a memory, and I'll feel it. And all of a sudden, the same emotion, almost like it just happened. And it's crazy. I am, I am miles removed from the event. I am maybe years, months removed from it, but yet my heart still feels it. It's amazing that there's things that still haunt my heart. How about for you? You ever been through something traumatic? You ever experienced deep pain, deep regret? 
And all of a sudden, you're like, it's been years since that. But yet, sometimes something will trigger me, and I, I, I just feel a certain way about it. And, and all of a sudden, it just it hurts again, or, or, or it's hard to deal with. And so I've noticed this. I've noticed that some mornings, I'll get up for church, and I'll start preparing my heart, and I'll start grabbing my Bible, and here's what my heart will start to say. Oh, you're going to be a Christian day, are you? Oh, you're going to pray today? That's a good thing. You haven't prayed all week, but you're going to do it today because you're going to go be around Christians who probably did pray and you probably didn't. Oh, you're going to grab your Bible. Oh, you're going to wipe the dust off of it because you haven't read it in a couple weeks. Oh, oh, and they all read it. They all have the Old Testament and Deuteronomy memorized, all right? And you're going to go take your Bible around them who memorized the Bible. They probably memorized it in Hebrew as well, all right, for extra credit to get into heaven, a better mansion than your. This is stuff that my heart says to me. I don't know about your heart. My heart is messed up, y'all. My heart is jacked up. It's almost like my heart wants to self-sabotage me. I'm like, my heart is, is a part of me. Whose side are you on, heart? And it kind of seems like my heart's not on my side at times. You ever felt like that? Any real people to come to church today? Or is it just all the people that are just like, oh, no, 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 I never have that. Okay, all right. Uh, the, the service for uh, the, the, those people, that was earlier, all right? So you need to, you're in this service. So it's like, wait a minute, I want to see what, what God is going to do. And so too often we just, we just, our heart just has this, this guilt trip it can put us on. And it can happen so fast. You can leave a conversation. You ever done this? You're like, oh, I should have said this or I shouldn't have said that. I can't believe I wore that. I'm so stupid for wearing that. And all of a sudden your heart just, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're dumb. What were you thinking? It's called the haunted heart. But then here's what I've noticed. I've noticed that I have a heart, but my heart doesn't have to have me. Let me say it again. I have a heart, but my heart doesn't have to have me. Let me break it down in a simpler way. Ever heard somebody say, you wear your feelings on your sleeves? You're very sensitive. My dad used to say that to me all the time. Oh, Makai, you're just too sensitive. You're wearing your feelings on your sleeve. Or some of you have heard it, you wear your heart on your sleeve. Or some of us, we are dictated by the needs, demands, desires of our heart. Whatever our heart wants to do, we go do it. But then I remember reading a scripture in the Old Testament that says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Meaning the heart is deceitful, meaning your heart is trying to, de- to, to deceive who? Your neighbor? Your spouse? Your boss? Your coworker? Your heart's trying to deceive you. Isn't that crazy? You've got an enemy inside of me. It's the haunted heart. And that's what we wrestle with. That's what we deal with. And when you go to church, sometimes you walk in and you're like, I probably should have just stayed home. I just feel so dirty right now. I just don't feel like I belong here. Like, it's not that everybody's not friendly. I just feel like everybody else, they look so good on the outside. And they're, they're singing happy day. And then the Paul lit up and it was beautiful. Tears came to my eyes and it was just a glorious moment. And man, I was so excited about, but everybody else, they just, they just, they got us so much better, but not me. And I believe this is where the aged writer John steps in. And we're in 1 John chapter 3, and I love what he writes. I'm going to start in verse 18, even though the scripture verse that I put on the screen is starting in verse number 19. Let me read one verse, verse 18, and then we're going to read the rest of the chapter. The Bible says this, my little children. I love it. He's going to talk to little children. Matter of fact, uh, John is giving what is the mark of a little children. He's going to describe what a child of God looks like. 
And this is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm excited about what the Word of God is going to say about children. He says, my little children, let us not love in word, nor in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And verse number 19, by this we know that we are of the truth and shall reassure our hearts before him. For if our, catch this, heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows everything. Verse 21, beloved, once again, he's reemphasizing relationship. If our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. Verse 22, and whatever we ask, we will receive from him because he keep, we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. Now, the one who keeps his commandments remains in him and he in him and by this we know that he remains in us though the spirit whom he has through the spirit through through the spirit whom he has given to us let me back up verse 20 for if our heart condemns us you ever had your heart condemn you you ever have your heart just start telling you and laying into you well this morning my prayer is that you would have a heart but your heart wouldn't have you I hear it quoted too often. I was just following my heart. And I think it's a sad thing when we say I was just following my heart because your heart is out to get you. You say, I can't believe that. It is. Isn't it sad? Isn't it amazing that you don't have to have somebody at your work sabotaging you? You will sabotage you. You don't have to have a spouse to bring things out of you. You will bring things out of you on your own. You say, if you lived on an island by yourself, there are things that would come out of you from the heart. And so we're looking this morning at how to deal with our heart. And one of the characteristics of a child of God is that their heart is going to condemn them. He says, if your heart condemns you, he says, this is going to happen, guys. You're, there's going to be moments where you're going to feel like I'm not a very good Christian and I'm not a very good follower and I haven't been to church or I haven't done this or I don't do enough. And all of a sudden your heart is just going to condemn you, condemn, condemn. There are parents that feel like I don't spend enough time with their children. There are parents that then feel that they spend too much time with their children. There are people that feel like they spend too much time in the office. There are people that feel like they don't spend enough time at the office. Can you see we're in really a, a, a tough spot? Can you see where our hearts can condemn us? Whatever we do, we feel condemned. You did something, you didn't do something, you still feel condemned. And so this morning, what does John want us to get from his writing? He wants us to kind of step back and, say, and realize a couple things. He says, first of all, he says, and shall reassure our hearts before him. He wants our hearts to be sure. He wants them to be sure. You see, I need us to understand that my heart can take my hope hostage. You see... By this we know that we are of the truth and shall reassure our hearts before him. Your heart can take your hope hostage. You see, what do you mean my hope hostage? It's that you can have all these things that you're looking forward to, but then your heart will start to tell you, oh, you'll mess that up. Oh, you're going to get in that new relationship? Oh, yeah, we'll see if that lasts as long as the other one did. Oh, yeah, guess what? Your parents were bad at parenting. Guess what? You're going to be bad at parenting. Your heart can take your hope hostage. It can start to say things, and it can start to do things where you just feel like, what is going on? Now, let me write this down. Uh, have you write this down. The word condemn means to find fault with. Isn't that amazing? Your heart can find fault with. It doesn't take much. Our heart's just prone to find fault with. 
And it's one thing where you feel like, well, I will run away from the situation. You can run from the situation. You can run from your home. But here's the one thing you can't run from. You can't run from your heart. You can't. It's going to go with you wherever you go. So you're going to take your heart with you. So we need to get some help for our heart. And so I believe the scripture is going to give us that. You see, I want you to understand that, first of all, your heart will condemn you because, first of all, some of you, because you have a sensitive conscience. I have three children. Cain is about seven months old, and uh, he's just a baby, so it's too soon to really tell full personality. But when it came to Megan and Austin, one of them has a very sensitive heart. When it comes to just kind of bringing up something they may have done, all of a sudden the tears just you, you, don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to bring any, any real punishment. You just have to bring some up, and all of a sudden, man, their heart is just, just sensitive. Any parents in here, you had a child like that, they were just sensitive. Oh, yes, yeah. And you're just like, man, this is so precious, so wonderful. I've got this child, and they're just so sensitive. And some of you, you're like that. You are. You, you, you think a bad thought, and you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I did that. You say something wrong, and you're like, oh, i gotta go and I got to call that person and say, forgive me. I'm so sorry. And that person's like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you calling me? Oh, because I feel so terrible, and I just needed to call you, and I needed to tell you that I'm so sorry that I thought that, that I said that. And they're like, oh, it's no big deal. And you're like, no big deal for you, but for me, it's just grieving me. I'm in tears over here. And maybe you're that spouse, and you're just like my marriage, and then you look over at your spouse, and they're just snoring. And you're like, how can they snore? How can they sleep? We're going through such a traumatic thing. I mean, this is such a big deal, whether we're going to buy a Ford or a Chevy. This could rip the fabric of our marriage apart, and they can sleep. How can they sleep at an hour like this? And then when you get woken up because you fell asleep, you're just in more trouble. So you, you, just, you just say, I was praying. <laughs> you, just, you just lie. Just lie that you were praying. Just, I was asking God for wisdom on what to do in this situation because I didn't know what to do. And so you have this sensitive conscience. But then some of us, you, your heart haunts you. And it's not because of such a uh, sensitive conscience. It's because of your conduct. Your conduct isn't becoming of a Christ follower. It's not becoming of what God would have for a true Christian. And so some of us, the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, let's work on this. Let's, 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 let's deal with this part of our heart. Let's deal with this. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's a sin of commission. Maybe it's a sin of omission. But maybe there's something that God is saying inside of your heart that, guess what? This is going to take your hope hostage, so let's deal with this. Let's wrestle with this. Let's, let's not let another day go by without having dealt with this. And so he's here. John is there to reassure our hearts. And this is what God wants. God wants your heart reassured. This is why he wrote in Jeremiah that there is no weapon that is formed against you that can come against you. There is nothing that can come against you. That is some confidence that he wants. You see, oftentimes I find that my heart isn't what it should be. And John's going to write about that. You see, in verse number 20, notice if you would, the Bible says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. God doesn't want us walking around with condemnation. He wants us to walk around with confidence. Let me ask you this. How many of you, you feel more confident if you look at the outfit and you're like, yeah, that outfit looks good? Okay, only two people. All right, 
excellent. The rest of us, we like it when our socks match. We like it when our clothes match. But sometimes you're like, man, the outfit's just, it's working today. You came to church, you were like, I don't know about all them other ladies, but I, I look good. And the guys are like, man, I got this shirt. It's actually clean. It's actually ironed. There's not food stains on it. I'm doing great today. And you're like, I look all right. And that confidence gives you a boost. Some of you walk into a job interview and you're like, man, I nailed it. I had confidence. You just performed better. You just felt better. Why? It was that confidence. Imagine as a Christ follower, if you just had confidence that God just loved you and accepted you, how that would change everything. That when your heart haunts you, you're like, wait a minute, oh, stop, heart. I have a confidence, I have a reassurance that God loves me, and yes, I will fail, but guess what? I am not a failure. Just because I may have sinned doesn't mean that I'm going back on that broken road. No, there are some things that have changed about my life, and so old things are passed away, all things have become new. God wants you to walk confidently, not with condemnation. You say, well, how do we do that? And oftentimes what people will do, we'll try to come up with a solution in and of ourselves. The solution we often come up with is, okay, then my heart just needs a new home. And so my heart needs a new home, so I'll get in a new relationship. That'll make my heart feel better because we're led by a heart. Or we say, you know what? My heart just needs more in the bank account because that'll make my heart happy. Or my heart just needs this medication. My heart just needs this relationship. My heart just needs that car. My heart just needs this, and then I'll be all right. But what you're missing is that he says this. He says that if God is the strength of our heart, it's not your bank account. Some of us, our hope is our 401k. Our hope is in our house. God is saying, you don't need a new house. You need a new host. You say, what do you mean? If you don't have Christ this morning, you need Christ inside of your heart. That's what you need this morning. You're chasing after everything, and God is saying, stop chasing after things and choose Jesus. Have him. You need more of him in your life. You need more of him working, more of his presence, surrounding more of your life to him. You see, today there's this tension in our hearts, and it's the tension on the one hand that God calls us holy, and on the other hand, we're haunted. And God is saying, hey, let's deal with this. Let's wrestle with these two. See, my heart makes so many assumptions about situations when God wants me to have assurance. Do you have the assurance that God loves you, that Jesus is for you? This is why over and over he reiterates, my children, beloved, he wants us to know that we have an identity that's outside of our activity. You see, too often Christianity gets about, well, I serve in rich kids, well, I go to church, well, I do this, and this is what makes me a Christian. No, it doesn't. What makes you a Christian is that Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, died on a Roman cross, suffered terribly, went into a tomb for three days, and rose again. That's what makes us different. That's what changed everything. Not that you showed up on a Sunday morning in San Jose, California, that you give an offering basket, or that you served in a nursery, or that you greeted or brought donuts or did any sound. God is saying, no, no, you are my child based on what I did. So it's identity before activity. So he wants us to be assured of our identity. And then we can move into our activity. But too many times, our hearts, they're confused, they're complicated, and they're conflicted. And they're not confident. This morning, God wants you to have a confident heart. Can I ask you as lovingly as I can, are you confident this morning or condemned? Did you walk in feeling Oh, I just don't know. I'm here, but there's no joy. We're singing the songs. There's, there's, I've done some things wrong. I've thought some things I've done. I can't believe I did. I'm, I can't believe I'm here. And God doesn't want you to be like that. 
He wants you to know that there is a confidence in him. God knows sometimes we're harder on us than God is on us. The Bible says that God poured his wrath on his son so that he wouldn't have to pour it out on you. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath. The Bible says he drunk it to the dregs, meaning he drunk it to the bottom. He took it all. Jesus swallowed all of our punishment. So for you to go around feeling condemned, the enemy wins. The enemy wins. Because that's exactly what he wants. He wants condemned Christians going around in your workplace. Because when you feel condemned, do you witness and tell others about Jesus? Absolutely not. Do you smile and have the love of God in your family and your home? Absolutely not. Because your heart is condemning you. And God wants you to feel freedom. He doesn't want your heart to feel condemned. He wants you to know that you're a child of his. He wants you to walk confidently saying, you know what? I'm not perfect, but he is perfect. I'm not doing everything right, but he does everything right. I want to do better. And he does better. He is better. He's Jesus. He's inside of me. And he's going to work this out. So hard, I don't have to feel this condemnation. It's time to filter our thoughts. It's time to investigate what's inside of us. It's time to start filtering these things. But too often, we just let these things go into our lives, into our hearts. But you say, what makes the heart haunted? And I'll say this. The thing that makes something scary is how I'm going to illustrate it. I need a couple of volunteers. Hey, Wesley, can I, can I borrow you for a second, man? That'd be great. Hey, uh, I need you to wear a mask, though. Is that okay? All right. And uh, this one looks like it'll be great for you. And can I borrow you, too? Is that all right? Okay. All right. Perfect. Can you, can you wear this mask for me? All right. Perfect. These guys, this is perfect. It's almost Halloween, and uh, I'm getting us into the mood of, of Halloween. And I got two scary gentlemen here, and uh, they are going to represent <laughs> scary, scary faith. They're supposed to be scared, scared, not, not laughing, my goodness, all right? And so we've got uh, scary people, and I need a third volunteer. Um, Savannah, can you actually help me as the third? Is that, is that okay? But Savannah, you're not going to be scary. You get to be Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. Spider-Man. All right, Spider-Man, there you go. You get to be Spider-Man. It, the strap is actually from Austin's room, so uh, it, it might be a little bit small, so you may just have to hold it there. But here's what often happens. Here's what I've noticed about what, what, what makes me afraid, what haunts my heart, and here's what often probably haunts your heart, okay? Here's the thing. When I first got married, I would get home to my one-bedroom apartment on Monterey Highway with Monterey Grove Apartments. I'd go up to apartment 304 in the third floor, and I would say, honey, I'm home, and I was expecting a meal. I was expecting a kiss. I was expecting a hug, and there's nothing. Silence. Now, what did I tell you that I do not like? I, I just, I don't like to be, anybody remember? Yes, yes, exactly. I hate it. I hate it. And, um, uh, uh, of course, my wife knew this, and so she decides, oh, yes, we're newly married, so I'm good. And, and I have, like, like amazing Bruce Lee reflexes, all right? And, um, you know, I'm just ready if anybody jumps out to defend my little domain. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pacing around my house, and, and eventually I would find her somewhere trying to scare me. But there was a couple times I wouldn't find her, and she would scare me. You know why I would jump and I would scream higher than she would scream? Because she was hidden. What haunts your heart is what's hidden. What's hidden? Most of your fears and my fears are wearing masks. And they're scary because they're hidden. They're scary because you don't know what's there. And you know what I do? This is what I do. Oh, God, take my fear away. Give me a bold heart. Give me the heart of a lion, God, and just evaporate my fear. And I look up. Oh, my fear is still there. I used to watch movies like this. 
It's scary, right? That's how we used to watch movies when we were a little kid. I still watch them like this. Man, I'll be like, oh my goodness, couldn't have, can't. I just can't do scary movies. Can't do it. If you can, you're strange. I just don't understand you. But I can't, all right? And so, but it's because I know something's going to happen. I went to Hollister, and they had this scary maze out there. And I took our college and career group out there, and I told everyone, I was like, all right, we're staying together. It's pack mentality. Nobody messes with the pack. But I had one crazy girl. She was like, no, I'm good. She takes off. I'm like, she dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she, she's gone, gone. What am I going to tell her parents? What am I going to tell her family? Great. I get a car, at least. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where she takes off, and she's just laughing. She thinks it's great. Nothing phases her. She's just screaming. The guy with the little chainsaw with no chain on it, he comes out, and he just stops. He just, she was just laughing, and she just takes off, you know? I couldn't believe it. Because she knew where the people were, she wasn't just praying. And some of us, I know, it, it, pray that God will take away your fear. Pray that God will deal with your haunted heart. But you know what? It's not going to evaporate. It must be, write this down, evicted. 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 It's time to serve notice. The Bible says in chapter 4, perfect love casts out fear. Cast out is a good biblical word, but it really means to kick out. Some of you are like, I got some kids that are 18 or 19 or 37. I want to kick them out. In the name of Jesus, be gone, heathen. You know, you just, you, that's what you want to do, right? And uh, I got a seven-year-old and a five. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where you're just like, I can't wait. But here's what it has power over you because it's hidden. So as long as these things are hidden in your life, they have power over you. You ever done this? You need to have a tough conversation with somebody. So you just let it alone. I'll do that next week. And then a week goes by, and you're like, oh, i got to have that conversation. You know what happened to that conversation? It just got worse in your mind. And then the weight, it's, it's like you didn't put on a backpack of weights, but it's almost like emotionally, whoa. And then every week, whoa. Oh, my goodness. And by a month, you're just like, I can't, I can't function. I'm going back to bed. You will literally physically exhaust yourself. It'll give you stomach ulcers. Because why? As long as it's hidden, it has power over you. And some of you have so many things that are just hidden, that are haunting you, and that's the power. So you can't just pray that it'll be evicted or pray that it'll be evaporated. You got to evict it. But it's not just enough to evict it. You got to expose it. Right now, we got a bridge, kids. And I know Wesley. I know that he would have a great time running into rich kids and scaring those kids. And all you parents, you'd be like, I'll sue him. I will. I will. You touch my kid in the name of Jesus, I will drop kick you. And uh, you just, it wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't put up with it. But that mask and him, he'd probably be able to scare him. They wouldn't expect it. But if we take the mask off, and then he goes into the room, we've exposed it. We've exposed it. We're going to expose what God is doing. We're going to expose what's going on. That's what Sunday is. That's what the word of God is. The Bible says your word is a light. Your word is a sword that pierces. It digs in. It gets deep. It gets the nitty gritty. It gets the parts that's uncomfortable. It does surgery on our heart and on our soul. It gets into the crevices. And it says, hey, this attitude. Hey, this action. Hey, this thing that's going on. Hey, this thing that's happening. Let's uncover it because as long as it's hidden, it haunts you. So what is hidden in your life that has been haunting you? What is this thing that's getting worse and worse and it's getting bigger and bigger? And this thing that wasn't a monster now is a monster. It's taken 
taking over your life, and it is growing, and it is growing. It's time to kill the monster. It's time to take it out. It's time to serve eviction notice. It's time to say, you know what? My heart is filled with love. My heart is filled with joy. My heart is filled with the, the confidence that I'm a child of God. And guess what? I can expose these things. And here's what you'll find. You'll find that they aren't as bad. They aren't as big. And then the weight that's released, you say, I don't have to carry that. Hate is a heavy burden. A heavy burden. And I know many a Christian who carries hate in their heart. You say, no, not a child of God. Oh, yes. Because hate turns into bitterness. And I've met many a bitter Christian. I think bitter Christians give Christians the worst name of all. It sours the spirit. Some of the people that have done the most damage to the name of Jesus have not been atheists. Have not been people that are out and out against the cause of Christ. It's been people that at one time named the name of Jesus. That they let hate turn into hurt and turn into bitterness. And it's time to expose it in our hearts. Expose in our life. Expose what God is doing. Say, God, none of these things are going to scare me. I'm going to be free from these things. I'm going to be free from guilt. I'm going to be free from hate. I'm going to be free from anger. I'm going to be free from these things that had so much power over me. Because your heart will blackmail you. Your heart can be your hazard. Your heart can cause great damage in your life. And it's time to serve notice on the feelings. The Bible says that God is great in the strength of our heart. But here's what I know. Most Christians actually don't believe that verse. You say, no, no, I believe it. You believe it here. Your heart doesn't. Because it's why you worry. Oh, we're going to have enough money. Oh, are my kids going to turn out? Oh, is this going to work out? We'll get the building for the church. All these things. I'm worried. I'm up late. I can't sleep. God is greater. Touch your neighbor and say, God is greater. Because some of you, you feel like your heart is the greatest thing about you because it's the most real thing. And I'm here to validate your feelings. Your feelings are real. You have a heart, but your heart shouldn't have you. You can have fear, but fear shouldn't have you. But too many Christians, we walk around and we're owned by these things. He says, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. When you see it coming, it won't scare you. But our greatest need isn't greater protection. It's greater perspective. That's what Sunday morning is, perspective, to help us see it, to help us understand that, wait a minute, what I'm facing, God, through faith, I can face it. God, I can have the confidence to overcome this. So this doesn't have to scare me because not only did I expose it, here's the next part. First of all, stop praying that it'll evaporate. You have to evict it, expose it, lastly, expect it. Does it scare you if you expected it? I'm going to say boo in a moment, okay? I'm just going to go boo like that, okay? All right? But, you, but you're smiling. It's heavy. Why is she laughing? Why is she smiling? Boo. <laughs> she expected it, right? What if you expect Satan to do something? Does he have power over you? Not if you expect it. What if you expect your heart to condemn you? 
those times where you worked a little bit extra because you knew the holidays were coming, so you had to work a little bit harder at your job. Or maybe there was a time where you said, you know what, I want to spend a little bit more time with my children. I'm going to spend a little bit more time with my daughter because I see something that's going on in her heart, and I need to spend extra time there. And I'm not going to spend as much time with some of my other children because this one, I, dis- I discern that they need something extra. And I'm not going to let my heart say, well, you didn't spend that much time with all your children. You didn't spend that much time with all of them. I've heard parents, they say, you know what, they, I raised our kids, they were all in the same home, I parented the same way, and how come this one turned out and this one didn't? Because you did it the same way and your kids aren't the same. That was free, you're welcome. <laughs> you see, too often we think, cookie cutter, cookie cutter. God doesn't cookie cutter with you. God says, I know exactly what you need. I know exactly how to help you. I know exactly how to help you grow. So are you expecting it? Too often I find this. We're surprised. We're surprised. We're surprised that the relationship went sour. When we saw the warning signs two years ago. We're surprised when we got fired. Well, you don't know how to show up on time. What do you mean you're surprised? Nobody owes you a paycheck. Oh, well, he made me work and stay a little bit late. You have a job. Aren't you thankful for that? But we get surprised by things instead of expecting. You know what? Something's going to happen. That's the haunted heart. We can deal with it. Your heart doesn't have to come against you and cause you harm, cause you hazard. There are some helps to help you. There is a way that you can see that my heart will help me. So you don't have to be harassed by your heart. So stop letting your heart take you hostage. Say, you know what? God is greater than the strength of my heart. God is greater than this, and I trust him. He's greater. He's going to do great things, and in Jesus' name, I declare that he is going to be great in my life. And sometimes you just have to say it out loud when you don't feel it. Last week, we spoke vision over our church. We spoke uh, uh, great things over our church. We were believing for great things, and as soon as I did this week, man, I've just felt it. I've just felt it felt it. I'm like, oh, I know what this is. My heart's like, oh yeah, you think you can do that? I buy coffee right across the street from that Knob Hill. And all of a sudden I would go get coffee over there. And I was like, that building get a little bit bigger today? Oh man. Come back. Wow. That's a big, that's a real big building. I look at the bank account for the church. That's a really small bank account. That's a big, got bigger. They're putting bricks on it. Take those bricks down. What, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden what, what happens is bigger things start, start growing. And I just knew that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can go and crawl in a corner and suck my thumb and feel poor me. Or I can say, wait a minute. I know what's going on here. My heart's trying to stop me. Because guess what? My heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So I have to say, I'm going to uncover these things, and I'm going to go forward in faith, and I'm believing God, and I'm reassuring my heart. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Let's all stand as we close. What in your life needs to be unmasked? What in your life has held you hostage? What are you saying? It's time to face. It's time to make the phone call. It's time to write the letters. It's time to talk to that person. It's time to say, God, I am done with this 300-pound gorilla that's just weighing me down. I am tired of it owning me. I'm tired of it betraying me. And it is time that I get victory over this thing. God says there is no temptation taking you but such as common man. God knows what you're going through. He'll give you the grace. The Bible says he'll give you the strength and the grace to get through it. 
you have a special grace. If you find yourself in a situation that nobody's been in, you say, God, there's got to be a grace for this. God, there's got to be a strength for this. You wouldn't allow me to go through it unless there was some provision here. So God, help me to see the provision. Help me to see the grace to get through what I'm facing because my heart is haunting me. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for our church. My greatest fear is that we would come to a Sunday morning like this, a beautiful Sunday, a Sunday you've made, and a a great day where people are are getting around your word, we're singing praises to your name, and, and God, we could easily step back and feel condemned, feel like we're not worthy, we shouldn't be here, we don't deserve it. But God, help us to trust you. Help us to step back and say to our hearts, that heart, God is great. God's going to do something in this situation. And though I don't see it, I'm going to say it. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. And so we pray. I pray for you. Jesus, we need you. I pray for the struggles in this room. Pray for the burdens. I pray that people would find hope restored and renewed. I pray that they'd be free from the things that are binding them. I pray that they would walk in the ways that you want us to. The mark of a Christian, you said, is that sometimes our hearts are going to condemn us. But you want us to walk in confidence, made possible by you. So we pray, Jesus, that you help us. We ask this in Jesus' name.